welcome to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. The end of the year is here, or at least it is for this year podcast. Um, so many incredible episodes came out this year, and new friendships too. I feel so fortunate to have experienced another brilliant year of music and to have you all along for some really special conversations. I'll have a year-end list out probably between Christmas and New Year's to give a more adequate amount of time for me to discover and catch up on some awesome releases for the year. Um, because there's just been so much. I mean, I have had dozens at this point, but there's always more and there's always people dropping surprise records. So heck, why not? Let's put it out a little bit longer and really just soak it all in. But don't worry, I'll have some favorite picks on a playlist and maybe some sound superlatives to celebrate all the awesome that Friends of the Prod brought this year. So stay tuned. Um, this week's guest has created so much new music this year that was just perfect. Emotional range was amazing and so exploratory. And that was none other than Celeste Talker, who goes by the name Talker. Celeste is a gifted musician who has found a way to express herself through powerful lyrics and emotionally driven music. Her grunge pop sound is unparalleled and really works to bend genre. Celeste joins us week to talk about learning to make music for herself, the influence of Ben Gibbard's lyricism, collaborative songwriting in Los Angeles, and so much more. So with that, let's hear some more talker and then dig into the interview.
Well, welcome Celeste to Angry Girl Music at the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going? Pretty good. How about yourself? Really good. Really happy I get to chat with you. You're the last episode of the year. So what an awesome artist to end it with, that's for sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. You've had a big year here in 2019, which is so awesome and exciting for you. Um, and I'm really excited to kind of hear about how you've kind of grown to be this really awesome musician, putting out so much music. Um, tell me a little bit about how you kind of first got involved in music and started just playing and performing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you first off. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really have been playing music my whole life. Um, it's a very generic answer, but it's the truth. Um, and I, moved to LA to like really full on pursue um, doing some sort of project with music. Um, and I didn't really know what that looked like at the time though. And so when I first moved here, I really just got super, super involved in the scene out here, um, going to people's shows, doing co-writing sessions with people, getting involved with like a bunch of different music organizations and stuff because when I got out here like I knew what kind of music I loved but I was still really finding my voice and I definitely had a lot of growing up to do as a human <laughs> and um so I was out here doing that for like two and a half years before I released my first song Collateral Damage uh summer of last year and so yeah I really I kind of just took my time and tried to not rush it um, and really just let myself like develop and grow as, as an artist. And I think that because of that, I've been able to do something that really feels like me as opposed to putting out a song and being like, ah, I'm not really that into that anymore or something like that. Um, so yeah, now I like fully feel like this is very much me and I kind of started at a baseline that I was really secure in. And so I've been able to grow it from there and like, try to at least keep that same mentality I mean it's really easy to like jump ahead and get aggressively stressed out but <laughs> trying, trying to stay present and like just kind of keep letting myself uh just make the music that feels right and, and that's what I try to put out so yeah that's so awesome and like you have this background playing music with friendship and this yeah. is now talker is now your project your own where yeah. it's all your voice, all your, all your thought and everything into it. Yeah. How does it feel to step out into like your own identity and music in this way? It feels really good. It feels like a wake up call in a lot of ways of how much work goes into like heading up your own thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it feels really good. I mean, I, I love playing with other people and that's something that I continue to do and, and, like at the end of the day, I just want to be making music all the time. And so both with talker and playing with other friends, but it's really nice to kind of be the final decision maker on things and the one that's like, no, this is what I'm doing. This is who I am. Um, and it's also fun because like, I don't know, the talker stuff is so me, but sometimes it can be fun to play music that's not me and kind of like put on that mask and just have fun with it but it I think doing that allows me to really feel really sure in what I'm doing and like really step into that when the time comes I love that and you're really delving into so much self throughout your music so it's really awesome to as a listener start to kind of experience your growth in that way too mm -hmm. yeah definitely I think I think especially with this 
last single learning the feeling mm-hmm. um that one like as I wrote it I could feel how different it was and how like okay this is like a huge moment of growth and it felt like that in my life at the time too but like I don't know it just really felt like the musical manifestation of that which was really awesome and so I'm super stoked that like now um now it's out and people can kind of hear that evolution definitely and that was such an empowering song too and the music video that came out with it too it felt like just so much of an embracing of self in spite of like probably having those moments where you were kind of told otherwise not to express yourself in certain ways and do certain things no completely and it's something where you know I I think it's like there will be some other songs that come out you know uh down the road in the near future that maybe kind of teeter back and forth and like some of them are like oh maybe now I'm unsure or whatever and it's like it's this thing that I've really not only through the song but just like throughout the process and like my life during this era it's really been a huge period of growth and seeing like you have those moments of empowerment and then sometimes it's okay to question yourself still and to be like wait now I'm feeling less empowered or now I'm questioning that. Um, but I really love having those moments to come back to and like to have that song to come back to and say, oh no, this is like one of those moments and it's okay to not feel like that all the time. And I definitely don't. And there are definitely going to be some songs that are like still appropriate for lying on the floor and crying. And then when this one comes on, you can then get up and like smash a mirror. But <laughs> um yeah, it, it definitely, it feels good to to have this as, like, its own moment, for sure. Absolutely, and I love that even with these two tracks that you have released so far, between, like, learning the feeling and keep me safe, it's, like, that does have that kind of, like, back and forth that feels so natural and so human to explore yeah. both sides of things. Yeah, and I think that's something that I really, really have, uh, I don't know. It's, it's very intentional where it's like, I want everything to just be, just be authentic to how I'm feeling. And I don't know, I try my best to bear it all, even if sometimes it's like horrifying, but yeah, I definitely, that's, that's my main goal. I I love just that human connection. And that's kind of the main, the main thing I want to get out of this, you know? Absolutely. Were there any, um, musicians or artists or any people even in your life who kind of motivated you to start kind of like expressing yourself in this way? Yeah, I mean, I think that I I feel really lucky and I, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily have this situation where like my family was really supportive of me pursuing music. Um, they encouraged me. So I, I actually studied music in college and they encouraged me to like go for it and like apply to school for music instead of something else that might have been like a smarter degree to get because I've literally never used my degree um but they were super encouraging and um I I grew up in an environment that was very musical like my family they're not professional musicians or anything like that but they love music so much and they all you know they play and they sing and I had so many musical friends growing up so we would play in bands together and um so I've been lucky where like I've really been surrounded by it my whole life and then you know as I was growing up I naturally gravitated towards certain types of music that I wanted to listen to and so you know there are certain artists and and writers that definitely influenced my sound now and how I 
you know, the, the type of music that I'm putting out. Um, but it's, it's really been like the main thing at the forefront of my life for as long as I can remember. And that is like, I don't know. I, I definitely feel really lucky about that. That's so awesome. Where were you growing up? If you don't mind me asking, since you said that yeah. you moved to LA. Yeah, I grew up uh, in a town outside of Sacramento. So oh, not cool. far, but very different. And then I went to school in Miami of all places. So oh my gosh, fellow Floridian here. <laughs> Wait, sorry, what? I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, oh, amazing. Yeah, I um. so I went to UM. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. Miami's cool. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was something where I um. They have a really good music school, and they had, like, a songwriting, like, contemporary music program where it wasn't all, like, jazz and classical the way so many, like, academic music programs are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the one that ended up being right for me, and so I went there. But it was definitely interesting where it was – a really great experience at the time um and I think like again with like the growth thing I I was really lucky like I was surrounded by music and stuff but I grew up in a small suburb like I wouldn't say I was sheltered but I definitely like didn't have a lot of real world experience coming out of high school as many of us do and um so going to I think if I had moved to LA after high school I would have been eaten alive (laughs) like truly I was not prepared for the world and so going to like an actual college in a lot of ways I didn't like it because I just wanted to like kind of just like start making music and touring and doing that but I think it was like so important for me to have like a semi-safe space to mm-hmm. grow up a bit before coming here um but yeah so I kind of bounced around but the plan was always to come back here because growing up in California it's like it's hard to leave I don't know <laughs> I feel yeah. that I'm like that with Florida honestly yeah, I think they're both, I mean, it's just, like, they're both very unique places, and, like, yeah. it doesn't snow, it's nice. So. <laughs> we stay nice yeah. and toasty in, in both yeah. states. I love that. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. Well, you mentioned a little bit that there were different, like, artists and stuff that, you know, that kind of influenced the sound that you have today. Who would you say was really influential for you? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a whole host, and it's it's it can be so hard to find, like, just the few that... I would list off in something like this, but, um, so Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie is, like, my favorite lyricist of all time. Genius. Yeah, he's just a genius, and I wouldn't say that my music necessarily sounds the same. I I think some songs probably, like, you you know, could fall under a similar genre umbrella, but what is genre? Who knows? (laughs) Um, but his lyric writing is just... I I really consider myself, I mean, I'm a musician and I play a bunch of instruments and like as an artist, you kind of have to be everything, Mm -hmm. uh, both on the artist and business side, but I consider myself a lyricist more than most things. Um, And his lyric writing like really influenced me throughout my life. He's so, he's just an incredible visual storyteller. Everything is just like perfectly blends together. Like the lyrics, there's a song uh, that they have called Crooked Teeth yep I'm sure you you know yeah and the lyrics in that the lyrics in that song are insane and I think about them all the time and sometimes I get down on myself when I'm writing because I'm like this isn't like the second verse of crooked teeth (laughs) but (laughs) but you know like that's okay where you're like baby steps and not every song is a hit that's why you write a million of them but um 
yeah, he's a huge influence on my writing. And then I actually, you know, and I grew up listening to a lot of 90s alternative and rock, mm -hmm. I think is probably noticeable in some of my music. Um, I grew up listening to a lot of Nirvana and Soundgarden. Um, and my parents were really into that when I was like super little and it kind of carried that on. Um, but yeah, so I've always been, I've always been kind of like a rock and indie rock baby. Um, but I, I love a good pop hook, you know? So I try to bring that into it too. My artist of the year this year was Taylor Swift, which was shocking to me. I didn't realize that I listened to some of her songs so much. It's like embarrassing, but you know what? I love a good pop hook. So there you go. Taylor's got it down and Taylor bends genre these days too. I know. I know. It's really true. I, I can't deny it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a fun influence to even have, even if it's just something that's like floating within like your periphery in that way. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Well, I know that uh, you feel this way already. You've expressed it. And I know I, I'm not a fan of genre myself because I feel like the best people out there can't be pigeonholed into a genre. But yeah. how would you kind of describe your sound that you're producing as Talker? Yeah, I've been kind of going with this thing called grunge pop, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which I think is like accurate. Um, Cause like I said, I love, I love a good pop hook and uh, I try to keep it, I try to keep it kind of gritty and, and raw in a lot of ways. Um, I think it's a, a better descriptor than just saying indie rock, although you can definitely say that too. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been going with grunge pop and I, I think, I think I'm into it. I like that. Honestly, I think it suits you cause it's like, you kind of have that like, I don't know, just that perfect amount of like emotion and blend and just like, the heaviness to it that you can feel in like a grunge song and stuff, but it's just like, there's pop sensibility there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I try to keep that, keep that woven in there. Definitely. Well, can you walk me through your songwriting process? Because I'm fascinated. Yeah. I mean, I will say it's pretty different across the board. Like mm -hmm. it's never exactly the same. Um, keep me safe. I actually wrote entirely on my own really quickly um and like I had gotten a new pedal uh like two years ago and I was back back home and I was just kind of like dicking around on the with the pedal and like all the settings and kind of started playing this little riff that sounded really cool and I was like oh this is sweet and it just kind of came out and then I didn't even think about the song for a while. I was like, okay, whatever. And then I played it for a few of my friends and they were like, wait, this is cool. Like, let's do something with this. And, you know, we ended up producing it and I put it out obviously. So that one was kind of unique in the sense that I wrote it on my own. Mm -hmm. um, but learning the feeling I wrote with two of my really close friends and collaborators, um, Stephen Collier and Andrew Herringer. And that one, we had planned a writing session, um, and in, I don't know about, like, in other places, but in LA, there's a very big culture of, like, doing writing sessions, um, okay. and I, it, it's cool, I go back and forth on how I feel about it sometimes, because sometimes, like, you can plan a writing session, and you write a great song, and then, like, nobody uses it and nothing ever happens with the song or you can get together and you don't really vibe as well as you thought you would. And so then you don't really great, get a great song out of it. So it can be hit or miss, but I mean, I knew with them that I would probably write something great because I, I know them both well, but we're all just kind of feeling like 
really, we all had things going on in our lives where we were like really just like stressed and fed up and needed to scream. (laughs) So we wrote Learning the Feeling and I think it started, it started with just like a vibe, like Stephen was playing uh, this awesome guitar riff that Mm -hmm. made it into the, into the recording. And um, we kind of just went from there and like threw in, threw in kind of like a little beat and uh, started writing over that. And it was cool because it was almost combining like a, a typical pop writing session where you're like producing and writing at the same time with mm-hmm. like a norm, like a more traditional, like writing in my bedroom thing. Cause I was on the guitar, just like writing down a bunch of lyrics while they were doing that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it varies, but I typically am really, really focused on getting like a really good lyric. Um, and I typically write my lyrics and melodies at the same time because I think that your lyrics also need to be able to like sing really well over the melody. It's You can't really like try to fit it, you know, you can't fit a square into a circle or whatever the saying is. And so yeah. it needs to fit for what you're singing. But um, yeah, my big focus is really always melody. and. Um, yeah, a lot of the time I, I'll write like a very raw song just on guitar and then throw in the production later. But with learning the feeling, it all kind of came together at once. That was like a really long-winded answer, but it's it's kind of different every time. No, that's fascinating to me. And like, see, I didn't even know about like the whole songwriting culture that exists in LA. So that's fascinating. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's cool. I'm like a little bit on the like outskirts of it because I really try to focus more on like my stuff and doing stuff that feels good to me. But, um, it's, it's cool. Like I've written some like wacky pop songs that maybe one day someone will sing them, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's really neat though. Cause I, I'm sure even if it's just like that momentary collaboration, it gives you ideas on maybe how to approach your music differently at some point too. Oh, it completely does. And I think that I, I did a lot of that when I first came here mm-hmm. and I think that doing that really, it only helps you grow as a writer because every time you write with a new person, you see how their brain works and you learn new tricks. You learn just, just new little things that you can kind of take away from that and apply to your own work. That's so cool. I love hearing yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's cool. So this year you've, I feel like you've put out so much music between an EP and then these two new singles yeah. I gotta ask you, because that's a lot of hard work to put out there and stuff. Like, what's been motivating you to release so much music in 2019? Um, you know, it's the same thing that'll motivate me to release a bunch in 2020. It's, uh, I think that, I mean, I have a lot to say, and I kind of don't want to wait around. I think that we're in this day and age of, in 2019 and, and going into 2020, you know, in the streaming era, it's like, everything is really based around singles. Mm-hmm. Um and with, with rock and alternative, I think there's still a culture that listens to EPs and albums. And like, I have a body of work that I think fits together as a cohesive piece. So I want it to be an EP. That said, there is this single culture. And so it's like, you know, you kind of have to put out consistent singles in order to, you know, stay relevant. And I'm not, you know, not to say that like, I'm putting out music to stay relevant. I'm putting it out because I've written it and I, and I want to, but mm-hmm. from a business like mindset of trying to grow this project, it's, I think it is super important to be consistently putting out music because 
there's just so much for, I hate to say this word, but there's so much content all the time. Right. And really easy to get kind of lost and swept away in that. And like you can put out a song and a week later, everyone's forgotten about it because the Harry Styles record came out. <laughs> so, no kidding. You know, um, so I think it's just something where you have to really, really stay active. And even if that doesn't mean that you're putting out a song all the time, it means that maybe you're touring or you're putting out like a cover or I don't know. So I think it's like just really important to stay active as much as you can. I, I had like, uh, maybe six or seven month, seven month period between the EP and when I put out Keep Me Safe. And even though I was working really hard and writing a bunch and producing and playing shows, I felt like I was like falling off the map, which isn't even true, but it's just this weird mental thing now because of the culture behind releasing music now. Yeah. It's interesting how you almost have that pressure to just grind and put music out like that. Yeah. No, it's so true. And I don't mind it because I, I love to make music and I'm happy to share as much of it as I can. But mm-hmm. it definitely is something where even like putting out an EP, uh, you know, coming up in the spring, I'm already thinking ahead like, okay, like I need to be writing. I need to make sure that I have stuff ready to go mm-hmm. for like not too long after that. Um, and I think it's smart to think that way, but it can be exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine so. Well, what you're putting out for sure is – Definitely quality, because I loved going back and listening to horror films also. I wish I had discovered it sooner. It's literally one of those, like, EPs where I'm like, I wish I had found this sooner, because it's so impactful. I love the whole premise. I feel like it's a beautiful theme for you to have within this EP, this whole, like, darkness within self versus another person, and confronting all that, and, like, kind of, like, the ways that you want to change yourself, and I just love that as everything that you unpack in this EP. I'm like, damn, I would have put... This is, I'm so glad I wait to do my end of the year list because this is going on it for me for like oh my, my favorite EPs and records and stuff. It's so good. Thank you so much. No, that seriously means so much to me. I'm, I'm really proud of that EP. Like I, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like my baby EP, you know, it's the first thing that I did. And so, um, and I'm really glad that I did wait as long as I did to put stuff out. Cause that's what it was instead of like some other stuff. So yeah, it, it was, it was a really great experience and like a lot of growth, a lot of learning. And I feel like, like I said, it was just like a good baseline for me to be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of go any of these directions from here. Right. And I kind of feel like that I got that intent even lyrically throughout the record of like making changes with yourself. I love that song, by the way. Thank and you. Yeah. It's yeah. So and that, it's, it's ever true, <laughs> you know? So that's why I loved it because I was going through a period actually while I was listening to it where I'm like, I'm trying to figure out myself and what I want with myself and my identity and what I want to be thought of as and stuff. And just to hear that through your music in a way that was just so easy for me to latch onto. I'm like, that's exactly how I'm feeling. I haven't found anybody else who communicates that in the way that you have. That's just so powerful. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much. No, seriously, that uh, is, that means so much. That's like, what I want I just want to connect with people on that level and like I think that there's something so refreshing about just being upfront about that kind of thing you know yeah I mean that's what I liked about intimidated even too is like you know it's hard to for anybody to ever admit that those are feelings that they have but you do it so like effectively and in a way that makes it feel like you are confident about owning these feelings and stuff and I'm just like that's something that I aspire to in that way yeah oh my gosh 
Thank you. Yeah, I intimidated is a funny one because I wrote that from such a not confident place at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like a lot of people have kind of said similar things to you where it's like, <clears throat> you know, we all feel that way all the time. Uh, like that's just, I think, a natural part of the human condition. But we don't necessarily talk about it. And so people are like, oh, like, yeah, you're, you're so confident about sharing that. I'm like, I was not confident when I wrote that, but now it's kind of become an empowering song to me because I feel like even though the lyrical content might not be like, it might not come from an empowered place, it can empower so many people because we can all like recognize that we all deal with that and all feel that. And so now it kind of has become, yeah, it, it really has become an empowering song for me in, in a weird way. Yeah, because I think sometimes whenever you get that expression out of your system of like, yeah, I don't feel good about this, whether it's intimidation or fear or frustration or anything like that. But once you get it out, um, it's that much easier to own and then everybody else understands it in that way. And I, I think that's just what I love about horror films just as an EP in that way. It's just because it's like, yeah, you're transparent and honest and you're sound and your lyrics both promote that and it's just like yeah I can own my own feelings in that way especially the negative ones (laughs) yeah I know it's so important like I said it's it's the same thing with the the keep me safe learning the feeling juxtaposition thing you know it's like we gotta own those negative feelings and like recognize them and stare them in the face and figure out what we're gonna do about them and I'm working on it still I don't really know what I'm doing about them just yet but it's a, uh, it's a constant evolution. Yeah. So that's probably yeah. much easier too once you express them too. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, uh, not to like <laughs> overshare and bear everything. Uh, <laughs> that's why we're here. But like, I I'm all about like really trying to express like everything I'm feeling because mm-hmm. I I think for a long time I was I was afraid to. Mm-hmm. even in my music and like horror films is finally me starting to like actually really be quite open and and now with this music even more so and um you know I think when we let out our feelings like that you're, you're literally letting them out you know what I mean I I heard this quote that was like when you were what was it it was like something like when you repress your emotions they go down to the basement to lift weights mm-hmm. and it's true like I, you know, this year, like, for example, went through a breakup and I sobbed straight for two weeks. And then I was like, oh, I, to quote Ariana Grande, got no tears left to cry. Like, it's, that's, it is what it is. And uh, I was like, okay. And I felt this like huge cathartic release. And I was like, oh, that's what happens when you actually let your emotions be your friends and not your enemies. Right. Just experience it. And then once it's done, you can move on and you can express the next emotion and you can move forward. It, it really is so true. And it's this crazy thing that seems so simple, but it's like a hard thing that you have to work on that. I'm absolutely. On. Yeah. I just got on this huge tangent about all this stuff, but it's, I think it's all, you know, it all kind of comes together in terms of what I'm trying to, I don't know what I'm trying to like do as a human. (laughs) Absolutely. You're accomplishing it not just as a human, but as an artist too, because then it's like something that your listeners like me can just comprehend and be like, damn, I'm going to do that. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) 
Well, I know we kind of brushed on this a little bit, but like, what are some things that you've learned about yourself as like a musician or as a person as you've kind of wrote and released all of this new music this year? I think the biggest thing has honestly been to just, uh, as, as corny as it sounds, to just kind of trust the universe on it. Uh, yeah. Like I, I te- and I think you can probably tell from some of my music and stuff, it's like I, I'm very, I have a lot of anxiety. I am very type A where I like feel the need to control things a lot um, for better or worse. Like I, you know, and, and I think it's a good thing in some ways because I know exactly what I want. I'm very in control of my career, making those decisions, all that kind of thing. However, that can also lead you to like really go down a rabbit hole of trying to control certain things happening that are just kind of not, not always up to you and things like that. And it's been funny how the second that I've kind of just stepped back and said, you know what, like, I just need to focus on making music and doing the things that I can control, like, you know, planning, planning shows, planning my releases, working on production stuff for my songs, like all that kind of stuff I can control. Um, but the second that I step back and I just focus on that, like things do present themselves and things that I wouldn't have even necessarily gone for had I been the one reaching out for it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of been the biggest thing this year that I've kind of come to that realization of. Um, and I think that you're able to make way better music when you're living in the present and you're not thinking like, oh my God, this has to be like my next hit. Oh my God, is this going to go on my EP? What is this going to be? It's like, you, you can't make good art that way. Um, it's just not possible in my opinion. And so, yeah, I think I've kind of started to finally feel that way. I'm not hundred percent there yet, but I think like going into 2020, it's like that, that is really kind of my goal for myself. I can see that. And that's so amazing. Oh my gosh. I, f- I feel like I can relate to you in so many ways, just with how you're <laughs> describing that the whole like letting go and just letting things be. And, you know, you put in the work where you can, but there's- hey, it's like, what are you going to do past that? Like you can't, I don't know. You got to let go of that control mechanism. <laughs> right. I, I feel that so, so much. And that's so awesome for you to share that. Cause it's, it's, it's so true. Yeah. And I really do believe like, I don't know. There's so many opportunities that I've had that I would never have really expected or like playing with friendship and touring. Like I didn't move to LA to do that. Uh, but that's been like one of the best things in my life. And it's cause I didn't like try to control it. So I don't know. There's some truth to it for sure. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so with that in mind, then you kind of started to allude to a little bit of 2020. Um, what can you tell us about your new EP that you have coming out? Yeah, well, I can say that there is one and it's coming uh, in March. Um, I haven't really talked too much about it yet or like done an official announce, but there will definitely be another EP coming in the spring. And I think we're going to do another single before that. So just lots of new music coming out. Um, and yeah, there's the EP. And then from there, like, like I said, like, I'm just trying to put out a lot of music and a lot of music that I love. So um, there will definitely be a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's exciting for people like me, because I'm like, I'm hyped. I'm ready for more already. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's all coming very soon. 
Yeah. And in the meantime, you've kept us like pretty satisfied with like you put out the video for learning the feeling not too long ago. I think like just last week. Yeah. How yeah, was that so, for you? Um, it was, I mean, it was so fun. Like we actually did. So the keep me safe and the learning the feeling video for anybody who doesn't really know what I'm about. Um, it's a two part video. We filmed it all on the same day. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So there's kind of like the part A and part B um, of it. And yeah, we were like all in these same locations. I'm like changing outfits because we're like, wait, this scene is going to be for the other video, but we still need this location. So it was kind of chaos, but it was amazing because everybody just like was super down to make it happen. And everybody just like got it together. And it was one of the longest days ever. And it was in August. So it was so hot and we're all sweating and dying inside. But um, yeah, it was wild. It was great. And um, I'm super close with everybody who was on the video. So we were able to all just kind of like have fun with it. And even in the stressful moments, like it was super lighthearted and everybody was just really comfortable with each other. Um, but yeah, so it's like, you know, I'll, I'll let people like see it for themselves. But the Keep Me Safe video is kind of that visual of that anxiety and that you know, that, that stress and fear, fear of the future. And then the, the learning, the feeling video is kind of what happens when you finally decide to say, you know, no, like this is me letting go. This is me actually sharing how I'm feeling and kind of like reassessing where I'm at and, and being the narrator of my own story, you know? Um, and so, <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the video and, um, I, I think it's, I think it's cool to express how a song looks in my head <laughs> when I hear it, you know, cause we all kind of paint those pictures when we listen to music, um, and kind of associate it with some sort of, some sort of thing in our lives or some sort of scene or whatever. And those, those videos really are how those songs feel to me. It's I like listening to that grain. Yeah. That's about, it's funny because I went to watch the videos after I first listened to the music and I was just like, wow, this is exactly how I pictured them in some way. It was <laughs> oh so cool. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I really tried to, to make it really apparent and this whole, this whole EP has really been like a, a really visual experience for me as well as musical, obviously. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've been like just seeing so many just creating this world in my mind around the songs. And so it's really cool to have an opportunity to show, show that to everybody else. Nice. Are you hoping to get some music videos for the new EP too? Yeah, definitely. So that'll all, that'll all be coming up in the new year. And uh, yeah, I'm still like scrambling to get certain things done. I feel like my two methods of operation are either like planning stuff way in advance or doing it the week of, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. We'll be there eventually. I love that. That's exciting. Um, so since this is kind of like an end of the year episode of the podcast, I kind of wanted to ask you, what's some music that you've enjoyed in 2019 and maybe who's like inspired you that's put out some records? Oh, yeah. Uh, so many people, honestly. I feel like it was a, it was a good year for music. Um, yeah. I, okay, my favorite record this year uh, was actually the Sandy Alex G record. Um, he, it came out in like October, September, I think Mm -hmm. September, it's called House of Sugar. And, um, 
it's so so good and um he's just like I don't know he's always kind of floated around this whole like recording in my bedroom like I play guitar vibe but this was like a heightened like evolved version of that and like weird sounds and like a really just like just really cool sounds really musically like stimulating where I'm like whoa like to to put it in perspective you know how Spotify gave us like our songs of the decade yeah um the lead single Gretel which was like came out this year as a single from this record was one of my top five songs of the decade and it's only been out for six months that big of a jam. I love it. Yeah, that big of a jam. I've, like, just listened to that nonstop. So that album was uh, really – I loved it. And I actually – another album that I loved um, as as a pop pop gal, mm-hmm. uh, the Luna record that came out, Saves the World. Did mm-hmm. you listen to that one? Uh, I can't say I have, but it's, I've heard about it. It's, it's really, really great. I highly recommend it. Um, it's, like – it's a great like indie pop record, but the songwriting on it is it's, it's another one of those where it's just like every song is so relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, Oh, are you me? <laughs> <laughs> so that one was really great. And I think I really want to like take away. So I I've like kind of referenced some of the songs on that record, honestly, as I've been writing new stuff. Um, oh, awesome. Just because like the writing is just really it's like poetic and at the same time just really transparent and like exactly what you're feeling, you know? Um, so those two records I really, really loved this year. Um, there's so many more, but it's like, I also, oh my gosh, I loved the Oso oh Oso oh record. Yes. <laughs> like, it that was record, incredible. That record hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> very badly. Oh God. Yeah. I have to say that those are probably like my top three of the year, honestly. I love that. That's a great list. And honestly, there's been so much that came out this year. I've tried not to get overwhelmed, honestly, because it seemed like every week there was something amazing. I know. It's it's so true. It's so crazy how, like I said, there's so much music. I feel like there's more than ever now. And with podcasts, it's like I try to listen to like the daily every morning because I try to stay on top of what's going on. But then I'm like, okay, that's like half an hour. That's my commute if I'm driving somewhere and that's my opportunity is gone to listen to new music. It's yep. like a weird trade-off that we're all dealing with. So a balance. It's, yeah, it's a balance for sure. And you gotta like fight to get heard through that. But I'm I'm looking forward to taking some time off over the holidays and like really crushing through some stuff that I haven't listened to yet. Same. That's exactly my plan too. I love that. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions I always like to ask at the end of an interview, and I feel like you've answered this question before if you could play a show with any three artists, musicians, bands that could be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead, who would it be? Oh my God. Including people I can bring back from the dead. That makes yes. it so much more complicated. Ah! <laughs> okay. Well, um, I actually recently answered this because, and so I can, I can already jump to my thing, but now, now you've thrown this wrench in of living or dead. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, <clears throat> here's here's the sish. Here's what it is. I feel like I have to say Nirvana because I just have to say Nirvana. Um, <laughs> like, I wish so badly that I could have seen them perform in the 90s and, like, been there. Um, 
And I feel like some of the shows were like kind of a shit show, but I think that's like part of the magic of it. So it's fine. Um, but okay. If, if I'm including Nirvana as the headliner of this bill that I'm putting together for myself, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I would also want on it two of my favorite uh, female fronted or female acts who I also could list in, to- in terms of like top influences, Wolf Alice. Nice. I'm obsessed with them. I just, I want to be Ellie Russell. I just want to tour with them so badly. And Mitski. Um, yeah, I'm obsessed with Mitski. I saw, I've, I've loved her for like a really long time, but I saw her perform uh, at the Hollywood Palladium this year. She did like her last round of shows before she's, you know, doing this hiatus that she's on. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those rare moments where, I feel like as a musician, I go to see so many shows that not to sound like I'm, I don't know. I don't want to say that I'm jaded, but like you see a lot of shows and it's like a lot of the same stuff. And she put on such an insane show and like she played guitar, she danced, she had choreography. She had this giant table that she would like lie down on and sing. And it was one of those things where I was like, I left the show so inspired and I hadn't felt that way in a long time. And I was like, Oh, that's what I want to do. So I'd open for, um, yeah, the bill that is Mitski, Wolf Alice and Nirvana. That sounds like a great show. (laughs) I think so. It sounds stacked. And honestly, what gifted people to honestly have the chance to be among. And like, my favorite thing about this question is like, I always end up sending vibes into the universe for people to be able to perform with these kind of acts and sometimes it happens so i mean mega vibes for wolf alice and mitski especially when mitski makes her inevitable return exactly exactly i'll be ready and waiting exactly (laughs) mitski if you're listening one come on my podcast please two please hook up celeste (laughs) there you go please (laughs) that'd be so awesome oh my god yeah definitely I have had a blast talking to you, Celeste. You are amazing. I feel like we could be like legit friends. This was so much fun. I know. This is so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Where can everybody keep up with you and follow all things talker on the internet? Yeah. So all of my social handles everywhere are talker Celeste, um, SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. It's all talker Celeste. And I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, title whatever people use i am there (laughs) (laughs) awesome everybody please make sure that you follow celeste because i'm loving talker and awesome music is on the way i know that much (laughs) definitely (laughs) thanks so much for being on yeah thank you so much for having me
to Celeste for her time and to Jamie Coletta for arranging it all. Be sure to check out Talker's latest release, Learning the Feeling, and follow her on all your favorite social apps. Talker is definitely one to watch into 2020 with so much incredible music. I relate to it instantly. I'm sure you all will too, the more they get to hear her because, yeah, Talker's amazing. Please support. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. For more news, thoughts, feels, or just all the podcast episodes, please visit angrygirlmusic.com. And heck, you'll probably find out first about new episodes if you do all that following. So definitely we'll have that pretty soon into the new year. And speaking of the new year, I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work and let's chat. Until next time, stay angry and maybe look into finding who you are this coming year. You never know what you'll create whenever you just fully embrace yourself and see what you can do. Until next time, hope you have a happy new year and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Everything is